Today's reading is from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he'll make sense out of what is about to happen and, indeed, of all the things that I've done and said. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver to you. Everything the Father has is also mine, and that is why I've said, he takes from me and delivers to you. This is the word of the Lord. So when you came in, you saw the projection. It said Heritage Sunday. It's always the Sunday closest to May 24th, because on May 24th, 1738, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, had his heartwarming experience. It wasn't a brain-warming experience. It was a heartwarming experience. He had the brain stuff down. He had his theology pretty well set, but it was just academic. It was a mind game for him. And on the evening of May 24th, 1738, he heard something in the community of faith where he was worshiping. He was worshiping with Moravians. And he heard the preface to, to Paul's letter to the Romans, and he felt his heart strangely warmed, and he knew that God loved him, not because he earned it, not because he deserved it, but because God is loving and God was loving him, and it changed his world. It changed his ministry, and in some ways it changed ours. It's good for us as Methodists to remember that we are a warm-hearted faith. We are a warm-hearted expression of the Christian family. And it's really quite simple. John Wesley had three simple rules. He said, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Stay in love with God. When we stay in love with God, we can't help but love one another. We can't help but love the people we meet on our spiritual journey. John Wesley had this wonderful balance of personal piety and social holiness. To have a personal relationship with the God who is within, who is among, who is everywhere, and also to see our relationship with one another as holy and see our care for society as holy. And we live with that tension as United Methodists. Personal piety and social holiness. To have a personal relationship with God and care for the greater community. At our best, we are a reform movement. John Wesley didn't want to start a denomination. He wanted to reform the Anglican Church. They were getting a bit too stodgy. Can I say that here? I think my Episcopal friends would ad admit that back in the 1730s, the Anglican Communion was a little stodgy. John Wesley wanted to take the gospel out to the people, and they said, oh, that's uncouth. We shouldn't do that. Keep the worship in here, thank you very much. Don't take it out. John Wesley said... We've got to take the gospel to where the people are, and especially to where the poor are. And so 
he became, he became a reformer. And when we are at our best, we acknowledge that God is always reforming us, always changing us, always improving us. The scripture that Aaron read today starts with Jesus saying, I have so many things to say to you, but you can't handle it right now. Do you hear Jack Nicholson in the back of your mind? Jack Nicholson in that movie, A Few Good Men, saying, you can't handle the truth. This is Jesus saying to his disciples, I've got so much to tell you, but you can't handle it. You can't handle it yet. But Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And so we as a reform movement are constantly in need of the Holy Spirit to change us, to improve us, to open our eyes to things we haven't seen yet or haven't been able to see yet or haven't wanted to see yet or couldn't handle seeing yet. That's a challenge for us because truth be told, there are times when we're not ready to see. We don't want to see. We're not even interested in seeing what the Holy Spirit might have next for us. God's not done with the United Methodist Church. God's not done with our denomination. God's not done with this particular congregation. God's not done with me. God's not done with you. God always wants to do something, but gives us the freedom to not do anything if we so choose. God doesn't love us any less, but God wants to be in this dynamic dance with us where there's give and take. The denomination has had trouble with this. Jesus has said, I've got stuff for you, but you can't handle yet. Well, we couldn't handle slavery as a church yet, so we split in 1844. Methodist Episcopal Church North, Methodist Episcopal Church South. We split over slavery. We didn't get back together until 1939 when we realized that it's incompatible with Christian teaching to own slaves and to be part of the slave trade. John Wesley on his deathbed wrote a letter to William Wilberforce. Some of you confirmation class, remember that movie about William Wilberforce? said, please keep doing what you're doing in Parliament to eliminate this evil we know as slavery. That letter, I think, is in the archives over at Drew. It took us generations before we were able to handle it, as Jesus said in the Scriptures. Ordaining women. At the UMW luncheon this week, we talked about Francis Willard in the 1880s barging onto the floor of General Conference and saying, women need representation here. Who's running all these local churches? It's women. She said that to a bunch of men. You know what they did? They threw her out. It took generations before women were represented at General Conference. It took us a while as a denomination before we could, as Jesus said, handle it. How about ordaining women? Do you know how long it took us to, until we were ready to handle that? 1956, Maud Jensen from the Madison United Methodist Church, the first ordained woman in our denomination. We're a reform movement. It takes us a while to get it, but God does not give up on us. 
and we're invited to not give up on the church. Sometimes it helps us to go back to the origins, to, to conserve what is best in our tradition and also be open to what the Holy Spirit might be leading us to experience that's new, that's different. I was thinking about you and our congregation and our denomination as my family and I visited Wesley Chapel in London last summer. And um, that for me was going back to our roots, seeing what was sacred and precious in our roots and how do we incorporate that into our new context, our new cultures, our new ways of being the church. I invite you to watch some of this glimpse from Wesley's Chapel in London. I'm here at John Wesley's Chapel on City Road in London. This is the Mother Church of Methodism where John Wesley, he built this chapel and um, it was from here that he cared for the poor of London. It was from here that he welcomed the children of London into Sunday schools to teach them about the love of God and Jesus Christ and to give them a place, a safe place, a warm place, a place where they could get something to eat which they wouldn't have had otherwise. This is an active congregation, and as you can hear, in an active part of London, it continues to serve the poor, it continues to be a place of worship, it continues to be a place of community. I want to show you just a few glimpses of what's happened here in the past and what is still happening here today. You can see this statue of John Wesley behind me that says, the world is my parish. His ministry was not confined to this place. His ministry was to the world. Wherever there was a need, wherever people needed to hear the word of good news about Jesus Christ and the hope and love that God has for all people. It started here and we are all the beneficiaries. church and inside uh, as I said everything has got a, a, a history and a symbol and symbol of inside is a stone which came from uh, the Gilbert Islands uh, it came from Nathaniel Gilbert uh, Gilbert's home and it shows the the chain of slavery uh, and the fetters of slavery being broken and as we heard on the film John Wesley was most concerned about slavery and trying to uh, to abolish it and so so I'm here at Wesley's Chapel, standing in front of Charles Wesley's organ. Charles Wesley, one of the great hymn writers of, in the history of Christianity, wrote over 6,000 hymns, some of which we continue to sing. In this chapel, the word would be preached, the congregation members would be sitting in the pews, and then right after the sermon, the pews would move the back like that so that people could sit together and have a class meeting and talk with their brothers and sisters in Christ about what they heard and how they might apply it to their daily lives.
So it was in this room that John Wesley wrote the covenant prayer, which Methodists begin the year with, to recommit themselves to following Christ. It's a very vulnerable covenant prayer that demands everything of us. And it was in this room where John Wesley prayed. This is the powerhouse of Methodism. This is where every morning he would get up at four in the morning to, to pray to God, to recommit himself to, to his ministry. And it was here, perhaps here at this prayer bench, where he prayed and wrote this covenant. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. some of our past, some of our history, some of our DNA. The original DNA of Methodism comes from the verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And love your neighbor as you would love yourself. This is where it began. But this is where it's needed the most. On the streets, the highways and byways of wherever we are serving, there is still a need to love God and love neighbor. May it be so in your life and in mine. Hear him, ye deaf, ye voiceless ones, your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold your Savior come, and leap ye lame for joy. And leap 